Important. Please know that none of the parties involved in this content are certified to provide any form of business, financial, or investment advice. Please make sure all of your actions are based on your own decisions and your decisions alone. Instead of getting caught up in, oh, do I have the best camera? Am I posting at the best times? Just be ex more experimental and do as much testing as you can. Like, Welcome back to Mitly. Today we have Arcane Bear. He's a crypto YouTuber, pretty big, about 28,000 subs. He's going to teach us how you should break through all the noise on the internet and be heard. And he's going to explain unconventional ways he does that. Arcane Bear, can you please introduce yourself? My name is Tio. I am founder of the YouTube channel Arcane Bear. Well, our focus in general came from a few simple questions that I started to ask myself. This is going to bring us around to, again, the point of how do you cut through all the noise that's taking place? And in 2019, authenticity is extremely important. And that means that you're sharing that both your positive and your negative sentiments. You know, I think a lot of people start to get tired of the overproduced content that was coming out of every single channel. So when I started Arcane Bear, our focus and our key tagline, at least as my own mantra, was communicate value as a first tagline. And then secondarily, it was making helping people profitable. So how can I communicate value first off? And then how can I make my business and service to make other people's lives better and realize that I can be profitable doing them? And I think that these types of philosophies, these core concepts are so often overlooked in business because it, when we start to dream about the things that we're interested in doing, like being passionate about stuff, it's hard to necessarily reverse engineer success because a lot of people are looking at money or as the end result for what they're trying to achieve instead of, I'm interested in the mission statement, which is, can we provide and communicate value to other people? So, you know, right off the get-go, we started to look for podcast guests, started messaging people that had millions of views, that had or hundreds of thousands of views, because we believe that their message was worth trying to share and also the perfect time for me to learn as well. Because I knew that it's not just me communicating value, it's actually me asking questions of other people that can help communicate value to you because I'm my very specific type of person. So, you know, a lot of people like to get caught up in very technical aspects. And I never would consider myself, like you said, okay, we can help teach you. It's like, well, I probably sit better maybe more as like not a guru because I don't want to sound a little pompous or anything, but where understanding what I've done to have seen success at all is the best way to go. And there's no like right or wrong technique. It's not like, oh, I'm going to post every day at 8 a.m. or I'm going to make a content that's designed to make you laugh. It's always this subtle art of communication between you and the audience. You know, I, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine earlier talking about how the video game industry right now is exploding $139 billion in revenue. They're dwarfing like NFL, NBA, all these big three letter sports industries like combined essentially, right? So people's interest in their attention is also what I'm interested in. So there's this kind of interesting point, I think, from a philosophical standpoint, where a lot of people that are interested in becoming YouTubers or having an online presence is they bring their ego in, into this sport and don't really want to do that. Because if you're uniquely you, there's no one else that can do that better than you. So you can always stand out amongst the noise as long as you're focused on what are you interested in, what are you passionate about doing, and you get into it. Maybe it, you love spinning Rubik's Cubes and solving them. Maybe every day you taught people how to set up the dominoes and now you've got millions of followers because of your passion. And I think nowadays the internet has provided so many people with the option to become passionate and learn and share their learning experience that we've gotten so caught up in the production 
that this is again the difference between the teacher and the guru is well you know i've played percussion my whole life i could be like okay well here's the rudiment of right left right right left right left left and you could practice this but there's a much higher i think philosophical concept that's important and i'll tell you how i came about it when i first started doing working on like as an online digital nomad i was doing pay-per-click advertising pay-per-view advertising through facebook and we were doing search engine optimization we did hundreds of thousands of dollars a day in spend through Facebook advertising between the uh, years of 2011 and 2013. We were seeing absolutely ridiculous returns when we went into SEO as well. So we're talking millions and millions of dollars in revenue by the time I was 27, 28 years old with the first companies we had worked with. And then I started to pivot because my interest wasn't just about making money. I started to realize that you know my whole life I had been good at selling. Well, I'm good at selling something because I'm passionate. So I really started to reverse engineer and kind of dissect the skill sets that I had acquired in the business world and how I could redirect my interest because that's what selling people was. It was my passion and my ability to inspire other people that could sell them on something. I could get them as excited about what it is like or the microphone or whatever it might be to the point where now they would understand the value of why they would want to own this particular gear too. So I started to transition, bought myself a home in Costa Rica here. I built an acre and a half property. We've got solar, private well, and I started to redesign my business models where, okay, instead of doing all this, let's not just do sales for the sales point. Let's try to build our own products and build our own brand to sell as well. Because if what it is that I'm interested in is the seller, I should be selling what I'm interested in. So it's a big aha moment but it came from uh, one of my business mentors and he's, I would consider him a guru. He, his companies, uh, he's sold his portion of them now, but they're doing billions of dollars a year in revenue. When he sold his portion, it was worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And he came up with his business mentality from a quote from Buddha, which is called right livelihood, which is, are you providing value and service to your community? Because if you're doing that, you will be successful. You know, everyone is a different human being. Their strive for work-life balance is going to be drastically different. Their strive for social life balance is going to be drastically different. How much time they want to spend with their family or their children or their community is in comparison with going out and trying to close deals at two or three in the morning. It's going to drastically change the way that they view what's important about the statistics and the, the technical aspects, right? Because technically speaking, you should have a LinkedIn, a Facebook, a YouTube, a Pinterest, a TikTok, a Mixer, Twitch. You should have your fingers in everything because this is a data-driven response. If you want to play these games, you should have your hand in everything because your goal is to find out where your audience finds you interesting. And maybe you're more interesting to them on Instagram TV than you are on YouTube. So then you lean into this. You want to go where the attention is because what the attention is showing you is that you're doing something right. You know, it's like that feedback loop where when we're running Facebook advertisements and we get our first few conversions, getting people's attention and keeping it for 30 seconds, a minute, 10 minutes, an hour with podcasts, this is the conversion that we're looking for. I was solely interested in how long is someone consuming our data? Because that means it's remained valuable to them and their attention and what they're doing and that they find it informational and, and educational. So, you know, this story actually goes much deeper, but what I think instead of getting caught up in, oh, do I have the best camera? Am I posting at the best times? Just be ex more experimental and do as much testing as you can. Like if you look on my channel, it's not just blockchain stuff. It's there's again, like podcasts with PhDs, mathematics and physicists to biologists 
to people that have worked for the like a multidisciplinary association for psychedelic research to where I'm doing educational videos on how to trade or how to buy and sell Bitcoin or how to use SEO to make hundreds of thousands of dollars a month because my interest is what are you interested in? Because I'm also interested in those things. Like I'm interested in, in making more money to acquiring more wealth, to learning more. And I think that's one of the fascinating things about the internet is that because each one of us is so different, you know, because I grew up playing music and with an interest in plants and now in business, I can be my authentic self and there's very little competition for my niche of people. And because there's 7 billion people on the planet, you can go in and you can focus your interest to create a community of people that's all trying to drive and learn the same thing. Now we get to the complex part of the conversation, which is how do you actually grow and nurture a community? And it's very difficult. It's like having a family. It's like having employees to some degree. You got to learn that sometimes people are not going to like what you do. And often it's crazy, but I'll just ban them from being able to talk shit on my channel because it's not worth it. It's not worth to have a freedom of speech because I don't allow you to come here in my home and talk shit. So fine. You can do that somewhere else. You want to talk to me on the Reddit forum? I'm not going to stop you from that. So anyways, the point of this is I've gone so far as to just stop people from being able to comment on my videos at certain points because the goal is to build people that are interested and that want to ask questions and continually build content and also the same people that will stick through you to the times when they're bad. You know, so I've done videos where I talk about when I broke up with my girlfriend and I was kind of heartbroken and it got thousands of views. You know, you experiment. I've done videos where I just, I review the business class seat that I'm sitting in and it's got like 20,000 views because my goal here is just to find out just like you, what are people interested in? And the process is just going through and creating all this new content to find out what they're interested in. Because I'm at a point now where I'm old enough to realize that I don't know a whole lot about anything. So there's always the process for me to learn, like, right? It's an abstract thing, but let's use the business example as a breakdown for content, right? You know, there's thousands of people that are trying to figure out if they want to sit in business class versus not business class and on these airlines. So you actually get people's attention. But for me, the fun part is like, okay, how do I make going to the bathroom a story right now? How do I make this entertaining? What can I do to understand this conversation between someone's attention about, you know, watching a 15 minute video about a business class? Because look, going to the bathroom and trying out the toothpaste that they give you, it's not all that entertaining. But if you work at it and you tweak your message and you play around, you get this really unique opportunity to get have a feedback loop with your audience where your life becomes more interesting, not only to them, but to you, because now you can pivot your channel, right? I mean, there's YouTube channels are makes hundreds of thousands of dollars per month if they have a million subscribers, if they know what they're doing to like a general business sense, right? So even at a small scale, you know, you reverse engineer just a blog. I think people are massively, you know, I'll probably sound like Gary Vee in some of the sentiment, but people are massively overlooking the niche of just creating digital content and being interested in whatever they're interested. So I guess my, what with the flag that I would like people to take away from this is, instead of being focused on some of the, the technical aspects, right? Like I know that my channel's demographics range from like 24 to 55 year old males. And it's mostly around 35 to 44 because there's a very select group of people that like hustling and are young and they're or like a little bit on the outside of that where they're retired and they've, they've killed it and they're interested in the, just the random conversations we have. But I know my demographic because it's the people that are interested in the same kinds of things I'm interested in. So everyone's going to have a different like rule set. If you're doing video games, you're going to have a drastically different demographic. So it's not so much about the specifics, but about how you interact with your community. 
can you do things that bring them value? Like, are you providing them like maybe tricks and tips if it's for video games or like hacks if you're into cell phones and unboxings, whatever your thing is that you like to do. Just, I think the hallmark of the question is how do I provide more service and value to other people? And if you use that as, as a banner and a flag, not only does the business world become way more attractive because it's full of conscientious people that are trying to build a better world for one another, it can be extremely lucrative. People have made hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. They've obviously made billions of dollars in revenue doing this before. We just miss that so often because it's very easy to think that capitalism is just such a bad thing. So the other like tail end of that flag is, you know, provide service and value for other people. But I think more importantly for ourselves, remember how valuable it is to be like alive, that you wake up, you get to see the sunrise, run a ball of floating like through space. You know, I think we are entirely too cocky because things are like the temperature stays relatively the same for the last five or six million years, but we're floating through an infinite galaxy of crazy shit. And I think every time we kind of have those conversations with ourselves, it makes it much easier to build an authentic audience because then when you fail, you know, you should, the more we recognize that we're in a very precarious space, even to be alive, the more willing we are to be accountable for failing in front of everyone, which is a really hard thing to do. You know, every time I like we're doing trading and charting, like, I make mistakes 30% of the time, right? But 70% is a fucking super high batting average. Like even 60 is knocking it out of the park. These are how you win games, right? Because when you're playing a game of probabilities, so I guess the, the two core sentiments is if you provide value for other people, you'll always have a winning business plan. And then second is take that broad spectrum approach and don't think of this as just like, oh, I need to make money but think of it of wanting to do the work that you're, you're actually doing. Like if you wake up excited to do that work every day, you're on the right path, regardless of how much money you're making. But what if you're doing something extremely oversaturated, extremely tough? I think it's really easy to say if you love it and if you're authentic about it, you'll make money eventually. But what if you do something so impossibly, so insanely oversaturated that the chances of making it is, are extremely low? What's your response to that? I think when you're creative and you have the ability to adapt, you can still be successful in last place. But it's about understanding that that's where you're going to find your place. I'll give an example. One of my good friends that I made this last year, he helped manage part of a department of quite a big hedge funds. They went from hundreds of millions to billions over the course of a few years between the early 2000s. And they actually managed an F1 race car team. When they bought their car, they knew that they would never be the number one car. Those positions were already taken. So what they did was they found a very strategic way to end up being the last place race car. So what they did was they would offer the newest drivers out of the go-karts the ability to, to now drive an F1 car. So the guys that were doing really good in the like the small go-karts that were winning worlds. And, and when I say go-karts, like if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, these go-karts are basically F1 cars without the body. <laughs> They're so fast. They're incredibly fast and powerful. Anyways, the point of this is they would take these brand new drivers and put them in their last place car. So you'd see a last place car maybe jump up to 15 or to number 10. And that's a huge move, right? To go from last place to number 10 or something like this. And then that car, that driver would eventually get picked up by the top four or top three cars. So what they found their role in the right track was doing is bringing on these brand new drivers and then allowing them to train on their 20 to 15 car 
And then they would go on later to race in the number one cars. If you stay strategic and you enter the race, even if it's last place, if you come up with an authentic way to play the game, all you're doing is helping all the different race cars in the F1 series for it to be entertaining. You need all these different niches, right? So I think sometimes what happens is we get caught up in looking at the people that have millions of subscribers and miss the fact that if you have a blog and a YouTube channel and you're into your barbecuing or whatever, it's just maybe it's only a few thousand people. But if you have a thousand people that are paying you five bucks a month for your recipes and your ideas, you're making five grand a month from only maybe 5,000, 10,000 subscribers on all of your channels. And people often overlook how valuable a very small group of people even paying a very little bit of money can be in terms of like your niche value, right? So I think it's just about how we kind of looking at where you can be successful and being excited about that. If you're going to be the number 20 car and you've owned that, like you own that position, you find a way to be authentic in that, everyone's going to notice you because you're always going to have the number one race car drivers before they're number one. You know, these types of strategies, people don't necessarily put into place. So although it's really difficult to get your neck into the F1 series and it's expensive, it can be done. So again, remember that first off, we've already put on the table that if you're going to be racing an F1 car, you've got to have a lot of money to get there, or you've got to be really, really authentic and find your way there by accident, like by racing little go-karts. You know, it all depends on, on where you sit. You might be a better driver. Maybe you're a better marketer. You might end up finding that you work better for other people or work better with other people. You know, Gary Vee mentions this too, is a lot of people think that they're entrepreneurs. It's like, well, you might actually do better being the number three at a company, helping someone execute a vision because you have all the right skill sets to do that. And that brings you further along on your path to becoming an entrepreneur. Cause that's what it's always been. I've done all sorts of jobs in my day. Like, although I very rarely worked for anyone uh, past age of let's say 17 or 18, I took consulting jobs and I work with people to try to help them on a one-on-one -on -one type of basis or like group to group business basis for, but that's a di different story in the terms of actual analytics. If you want to aim at a niche like that, yeah, it's going to be difficult. It's going to cost you money. If that's what you're most passionate about, you've got to put it on the line. Look, it might be, be smarter for you to learn how to play a video game and practice doing that and build up an audience because you're going to see a much quicker rate of conversion for what the work that you're doing, which is, can you get the audience's attention? Can you engage them? Can you grow with them? Because if you play video games for three to five years and then all of a sudden pivot into gardening, if you've got a hundred thousand followers, sure, you might lose most of them. But if the whole time you're talking about gardening and gaming, you could be the garden gamer. You've got this niche that no one else has thought about. I think it's just about being authentic and you can likely climb your way into really difficult niches. If you're looking at it just a bold perspective, like I want to rank for like just vlog. These are massively saturated ideas. It's almost impossible for you to do it. You're going to have to work really hard at it or you're going to have to get basically lucky. For people who are doing something oversaturated, your best piece of advice would be to keep searching yourself and get narrower? You have to narrow your niche down for sure, right? So that's why I would start to add in perspectives. And Naval makes, you brought up Naval Ravikant earlier, fantastic podcast. I suggest everyone listen to it. One of the aspects he talks about is, is narrowing down multiple skill sets to make your skill sets stand out. I, for instance, I have a tablet teacher who's been playing I haven't sat with for lessons with him in years, but he's one of the world's best. And for me to try to become anywhere near that is impossible. But if I take some of the composition skills that I have and I mix them with like creative branding and, and content ideas that I have, and then I mesh in a little bit of my financial and business savvy, then I have distilled combination of that no one else really has because it's a really eclectic group of skill sets, right? Like 
who else has been studying Indian music and sacred plant medicines alongside business and the blockchain world, right? It's like, there's almost nobody else. My ability to narrow down into a niche is significantly higher because I hit other points now that makes me very authentic, right? So just jumping into a niche that's saturated, like the first person that comes to mind is, is a gay friend of mine. So he's like, okay, now he focuses on his like the niche gay side of Los Angeles real estate. And you're listening to this, he knows I'm not being offensive, but you know what I mean? Like you start to combine whatever and whoever it is that you are to become a very specialized type of person because the world's big enough, even specialization in that not one thing, not just like I sell houses type of specialization, but really niching into who you are provides you the fact that there's no one else like you. So you should embrace that because it will bring you the people that are your clientele. So I wouldn't suggest necessarily to aim at comp like really heavy niches to get into to begin with, but aim at what you're passionate about because that way, no matter where you go, you'll have the endurance to continue creating and striving to learn more. If you put yourself in a position where you like you stub your creativity or your ability to adventure and what you're interested in, you're going to end up throwing the project away and it's not worth investing into. So even though it might be a very difficult niche like surfing, just do something else. Okay, surfing and yoga and okay, just Bali. You've narrowed your niche down enough where you can be successful by adding these specific targets in there. I think people just get caught up on, oh, it'd be so difficult to rank for like surfing. It's like, well, of course it would be. It's not 2006 anymore. It's, it's hard to rank for anything. Everyone knows what the internet is for. It's for sharing content and buying and selling stuff. So if you want to get noticed, keep narrowing it down. A few minutes left and I ask this to everybody, if you can really... If you get answered this question really quickly, if you don't mind, what book do you recommend more than anything related to this topic? Let me just quick, uh, answer that quickly. All, all I can tell you is my favorite book as of the last few months, as in comparison to this particular topic. I just finished reading Nassim Nicholas Taleb's book, Fooled by Randomness. It's specifically about trading as a whole and characterizations of risk assessment. And, and I think that that type of information is so valuable because you can often end up successful just by pure randomness. So it's a really, really well thought out, really engaging book, only a few hundred pages long. It's been one of my favorite books over the last few months. I don't, he's got a few others that are great, but Fooled by Randomness has been my favorite so far. Can you just quickly tell us like one thing you learned from it? Uh, you know, I think it comes back to one of the, you know, this is also another path down that stoic type of philosophy that Naval talks about. And here's another one too, if you've never read it, The Letters of Seneca, by Marcus Aurelius. This dives into this type of idea, but we are kind of, in some way, the universe's handmaiden of, of randomness. And a lot of what happens to us in life is quite random. So we can prepare for success by going over and practicing these rudimentary things and, and getting into it. But a lot of it comes down to being able to recognize those asymmetrical moments where you don't want to get killed. Um, so he breaks it down in a sentiment here that I think is really nice is that, look, if I hit you with a thousand pound stone, I can kill you. But if I hit you with 2,000 half pound stones, I'm only going to do so much damage. So a thousand pound from a feet above you, a foot above you is going to kill you. 5,000 half pound stones from a foot above you is only going to be an annoyance, a bruise, and probably a harder skull for the wear. So how we actually get hit by risk is not always easy to assess. And that's what the book is about, is, is making sure that you stay around in the game. So, because people, you know, you want to you risk a lot, 
but you got to be able to make sure that you can continue to play because once you get wiped out, starting from scratch is like, I suggest everyone be able to do it, good practice, but there's the times where if you die because you got wiped out, that might not have been the greatest risk assessment choice. <laughs> so yeah, guys, if you want to learn about managing risk, you know, we have the same to love book here. Arcane Bear, Tia, really appreciate your time. Thank you for helping us break through the noise on the internet hope you can come back sometime yeah max i, I really appreciate the platform to share and, and communicate more value i, I love, love when people call me up so i'm always here i'm always down for chatting so i, I look forward to it shout, shout out to the the midley family if you guys you can follow me at, just like he said arcane bear remember to give him the thumbs up as well and if you have any questions even down the below I'll, I'll follow the video and, and try to answer anything if you have any thoughts or questions as well all his information will be in the description you guys all right Thanks. Goodbye. Ciao. Important. Please know that none of the parties involved in this content are certified to provide any form of business, financial, or investment advice. Please make sure all of your actions are based on your own decisions and your decisions alone.